0: Okay, everybody, we're freshly back from the NWTF show. I don't know about freshly, but...
3: <clears throat> yeah, you yeah, don't what, sound fresh at all. What an event. <laughs> it was a great event. It is. I heard someone say it. I didn't realize it as much because I was just so worried about pulling everything off and how we did and whatever. Someone went, you know, that's the best energy of any show we go to, trade show, outdoor show, anything. Hmm. And they were right. It is the best it, it refreshes your batteries Recharges your batteries Like Even when you Don't get much sleep Yeah definitely For what we do When you see All those people that You know Appreciate everything And are grateful And I mean You get a What's up He said uh, oh, One of our employees Made the comment You get a dose of vitamin G That always perks you up So anyway I really get a lot out of it I know Dudley did What is vitamin G? Grateful dude Gratitude Gratitude Yeah
4: Vitamin Excellent. G Excellent we were talking to Brett Collier, uh, interviewing him while he, we were there, and he made an excellent point is where else do you get 60,000 people uh, with, with one interest that has to do with conservation? Um, you know, his wife uh, is trying to fix the oceans. Uh, she's like a water aquatic biologist or whatever, yeah. <clears throat> and she's a, a way up there in the rankings. And uh, That's great. They can't get 60,000 people right. to come together to fix the oceans, but uh, you want to get a bunch of country bumpkins to fix the turkeys, then they're going to be there. Yep. And we made it. I wouldn't say country bumpkins.
3: That was uh call- you Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. For the record, you're welcome to call me one. Yeah. i will be proud of it. Well, it was a great
0: event. So, uh, But look, welcome, everybody. West Point, Mississippi. Here we are doing another podcast. We've got a guest today.
3: Yeah. Guess what? That- at that convention, I had a dock sighting. Yeah, we.
0: I think we all did. And and he was at the Bottomland Book Club. He got got to hear him talk a little bit about a new book he's got out. But you know, last year we had Doc Weilone, and uh, he's just he's traveled all over the country killing turkeys in Um. all the states that have turkeys, and he was such a popular guest. Mac has just constantly been like, "God, we got to have Doc back on," and I agree. So. Without any further ado, we invited Doc Wadele to be back on the podcast, and here he is through the magic of the telephone.
5: <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Hey, good to, talk, good to talk to you again.
3: You know, the thought popped in my head, there's an old saying, and I think about you, is like he's forgotten more than I'll ever know about the topic, and that's probably the case.
5: Well, the guy that taught me turkey hunting, had forgotten more about wildlife and turkeys than I'll ever know to this day, so I know exactly what you talk about. i tell you, I just want to double up what you guys said. The energy down there at at, uh, Nashville was just phenomenal. I've been to a bunch of those shows, and and this year just felt like it was really special. It was high energy from the day I got there to the day I left. I was able to meet Toxie for the first time. That was a thrill, and spent some time with Daniel, and just it, it was just it was just magical. I had a blast. It hey, was
3: it hey, was that, fun. I, I'm the one that was thrilled. I promise you. So so Doc, look. Uh,
0: so we got you on the line, and uh, just hang on with us. We got one little thing we need to do, a little business to knock out, but we wanted you to be involved and ask a question if you had one. We've got. I'm looking across the room. We've got you know, guys. We've been talking about LS tractors for. Over a year now. Oh yeah, and we've been, we've been, used, been using, using them using for over using a year. Them, yeah, at various sizes. But we are announcing today the l the Gamekeeper slash LS tractor giveaway. No and, way, no way. So the tractor way. that we have used like all last year that I used, Richie used Lanny you used no not Lanny please well yeah that's where the <laughs> concrete came from on it but, okay. but we're gonna give that the tractor least. away yeah so there and it's got it's got a bucket front bucket it's got a backhoe attachment mm-hmm. it's got a tiller attachment so it's a small twenty five horse tractor but but what it will be is a really nice camp tractor it's to do a great with. utility tractor There's it's no a beast it. for
3: that size tractor it really is oh yeah
0: and it'll have a tiller so mm-hmm. a guy could till up a you know, small food plot with this thing. It so, looks
3: like a fifty
0: or sixty horse. So me.
1: when is this happening? Because I got a few things I need to get done before we get rid so of. So it's this a thing. long now, giveaway. Hold on just
0: a second. It's not gonna. <laughs> g- we're not gonna give it away till we're finished using. Oh, it. Oh, all right, good. All good. That's the, the best
1: line. news so, I've heard. So it is a huge track. <laughs> wait a minute, Thomas.
0: Till
3: you get
1: through
0: using it uh, all, uh, somewhere. You know, uh, everybody's got. I think everybody has some a chore. We've got a few doing. few projects. But so we've asked Jason McKellar, who is our. Marketing liaison, to come in <laughs> here and explain the man behind how the curtain. Guys can go and sign up for this. So this is the this is breaking news, Jason. Can you explain to us what does a guy do to have
3: a chance to win this? Sure, sure, very easy. Just go to mossyogategamkeeper There is a link in the menu bar. There is going to be banners, very visible. Just click on them, take you to a little form, fill it out. Once you fill it out, you are entered. But then it'll open up more ways to enter. So I think there is. Five, six more ways to enter.
0: So a guy could enter four different ways and have four chances to win. That's right.
1: Very easy. Follow the podcast. Sign up for the newsletter. Can I can I yeah. get
4: one of my friends to can we to sign win?
1: Up yeah, i put my nope. name you know, in we
3: can, too. We it's, can't win. Nope. We never can win. Nope. Ah, this I is knew far, that was coming. This Richie, is for but. our guests. It's like eating the food before the guests get at your house. So we have we, did, we have let's sample it a little bit. Though. No, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it is used.
0: But what LS has promised me they're going to do is if there's anything that's this broken or anything that's needs to that torn up, they will they will repair it. And they're going to put a warranty on it, and then so whoever wins this will will win a tractor that was used by us.
1: I, and it's got a belly mower on it.
3: It does have a belly. Yes, it it's not is, on it at the moment. Yeah, but it will you, you haven't lost the belly. Mower, which one have you. it is? Yeah, that is a true utility tractor. You can do yeah. anything with this tractor. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You can do anything. Yeah. It, it's a great just for chores around the camp. No yep. doubt about it. So, it's a great one.
0: Okay, guys. So, Jason, thank you. Tell them once again yeah. what website to go to.
3: Uh Maceau, You can also, it'll be in the show notes. So if you're on their YouTube or watching it anywhere, Apple, Spotify, you can just click on the show notes and you can get there. Sweet. You
1: ever been to that website? I hear about these show notes, but I never. (laughs) Have you ever uh, been to the Mossy at Gamekeeper website?
0: I've been there so many times it gets tired of seeing me click on (laughs) it. So, okay, Jason, thank you. That's just great. We're excited about that. It's exciting for
3: everybody, yes. (laughs) Yep. All right. So we Thanks to LS, they're just great partners. Yeah, they are. And they, it, make, it's well, a, they make a great tractor, too. Really I look forward to anybody who hadn't. If you're shopping for one out there, uh, check so them out. Couldn't be any better. Check so, them out. So That's right. They got dealers
0: everywhere, so yep. including the camo tractor. The mm-hmm. now, that was at, at Nashville at the, it was. Uh, on display. There Talk about better in Bottomland. A lot of, lot of people taking good. pictures next to it. No doubt. All right, Doc. We're going to come back to you. Thank you so much for being here. The first thing I wanted to – I'm going to let Mac ask the first question, but I was hoping – that you would tell us the story of your first turkey, and we just kind of kick it off there.
5: Oh, sure, that's a favorite. <laughs> I'll never forget that one. It's uh, pretty well burned into my brain matter for all time. I, uh, I had, I had heard a, a couple of turkeys fly up to roost the uh, first night I ever hunted them. And the next morning, I had a Jake and a hen. They didn't got. He didn't gobble, but he, he walked up to me at about ten yards, and I missed him, just flat out missed him. And I to that point, I still had never heard a turkey gobble at all. But just seeing those turkeys, and that's the first turkey I'd seen ever. And uh, just seeing them and that that close. It just, man, it just put a fire under my skin. I just, I had to learn about this turkey hunting thing. I struggled for a couple more days after that, didn't get anything done. So I just was bound and determined that I was going to figure this thing out. So I, I put everything I own, you know, my backpack, my tent, and a sleeping bag and all my hunting gear on a backpack. And I took off into the Hoosier National Forest. I walked about three to four miles back into nowhere. Uh a place that i'd studied on topographic maps it just looked like it ought to have turkeys i didn't know what that looked like at that time but it seemed good to me it was isolated it was a beautiful long valley with a with a perennial stream going through it, it had lots of all timber it, was, it just looked good on a map so i went in there got in there in the evening and camped on a on a on a deer trail and uh painted up my face before I went to sleep so I wouldn't waste any time in the morning with my camo and slept in my camo And at daylight. uh, I was rewarded with a turkey goblin and it was just that first gobble I ever heard was just, it just, it just seared into my soul. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do other than what I'd been told. And so I was, I knew I needed to get around him. He was quite a ways away. I needed to get up above him. That's what you always heard. So I started walking that way. And luckily for me, he was one of those turkeys that gobbled at anything or nothing. And it's a good thing he did because I'd hear a gobble, and then I'd take about three steps, and I'd just wait for another gobble. I didn't know what else to do. And he'd gobble again, and I kept going. About halfway to him, I look up, and the sky is just turning black. It's gonna. We're gonna get a storm, and it's it's on its way. And I can see lightning in the background, but it didn't matter. I'm four miles back in. There's nothing I can do about that. So he kept gobbling. He was gobbling at nothing. He was gobbling at thunder. I hadn't called, of course, at this point. But I I finally, after way too much time, got up around him. He was in the edge of a pine thicket. I was in in the edge of the pines. I was pretty close to him. And I just sat down on him. and I was probably less than a hundred yards from him, and he, he's gobbling like crazy. And he's been gobbling for twenty, twenty-five minutes while I've gotten in, in place. And about that time, here comes the rain, and it—it it was a sheet of rain. It was—you couldn't see thirty feet. It was raining so hard, and uh, he's still gobbling. And I—I I finally, I finally got enough cotton out of my mouth to be able to call on my mouth call all i could do was cluck i didn't know what i was doing then but i clucked and he gobbled or it seemed like he gobbled after maybe he was gobbling at the thunder maybe he was gobbling at nothing but he gobbled that encouraged me and i clucked again and he gobbled and in a matter of just a few minutes here he came walking in of that out of that sheet of rain and i'll never to the, to my dying day forget the image of that dinosaur walking in out of that rain and he got to about i don't know 20 yards and he stopped and he craned his neck up and he just shook like a dog and he shook all that water off of him <laughs> and i thought oh my gosh i've never seen anything that's so glorious in my life i didn't even i had a strong suspicion that my 12-gauge shotgun wasn't enough weaponry <laughs> to bring that big boy down you know but He stood there and I shot and man, when he went down, it was like just a feeling of euphoria like I've never known. And I jumped up and hollered and made a fool out of myself to nobody because there wasn't anybody around. Uh, It was just, uh, man, it it was, that was all it took. My life was, my life's fate was sealed. (laughs) (laughs) What year do you think that was? It was 1983, 41 springs ago. Wow. That's the year I killed my first turkey. Wow. Really? Yeah. I, I was 23 years old and I like I say I'd I'd spent my whole life in the woods and hollers around home and I'd never seen a turkey, I'd never seen anything like that in my life and it was just it's all I needed to know from that point on. Yeah. needless to say it's controlled my life. <laughs> yeah, it sounds
0: like it. So the the where you were hunting, was that in Indiana?
5: Yeah. Yeah, southern Indiana Hoosier National Forest.
0: Hoosier, I kind of felt like that had something to do with Indiana. It's a great, yeah. My dad, my dad
5: was the manager of Lake Monroe, and uh, Lake Monroe is a ten thousand acre reservoir, and then around the edges of the lake is a bunch of Hoosier National Forest. And man, I just picked the most isolated spot I could find on a map and took off for it. And uh, I talked to a guy just last week that he said he hunted down there this spring and was still hearing turkeys in that same hollow where I killed that. I killed my first two birds in that same spot. Killed on the next year. Wow! Yeah, That's and a, I don't think I've been back since.
3: So the the limit in Indiana is still one, is that right?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, one just one. Our biologist, we've got a really good turkey biologist, and always have ever since uh, ever since I started. And I think he might have just retired last year. He's always been a really good biologist, but very conservative, and and he's always looked out for our resource very well. He's done a great job.
3: That's good for him. It's a great state. <coughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: Mac, you got a question for him.
2: I do. All right, Doc. So I wanted to read something for everybody that resonated extremely well with me and and just wanted to get your opinion and go deeper into this. So this this is something that you wrote. Turkey hunting isn't the equal of deer hunting or duck hunting or hunting of anything else in the world. It's far superior pastime to them all and it should be conducted in an honorable manner with the utmost dignity. And and I take that I mean that's exactly how I feel about turkey hunting but was that something that somebody else instilled in you is that something you learned over time or or how did you how did you get to that point?
5: I think it's a combination of both uh, the the so the man that I sort of learned the the sport from he was a, a wildlife biologist, uh, compatriot of my dad, and he was uh, much older than me. And he's the only person I ever knew that turkey hunted. And I used to sit and listen to his stories. And he had such a a reverie for the wild turkey, as a, a respect. And uh, you know, you could tell every every word he said, he felt. And and I guess, I guess. From that time on, and that was several years before I hunted. When I first started listening to Bill talk about turkeys, uh, from that point on, I just held turkeys and wild turkeys and the sport of turkey hunting above everything else. Back, you know, back then there weren't very many turkeys. I think there were ninety-three killed the first year in Indiana when I started hunting them. Uh, you know, there weren't very many turkeys around. There weren't very many turkey hunters, and they were held. I think they were just held in a in a special special level, you know, up above all those. I, lo- I do all those other sports. I love every one of them. I, I love my duck hunting, my squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, deer hunting. I do it all. But there's just something special about a turkey. And the more that I became involved with turkeys, the more I messed with them, and the more I learned about them and studied them. Uh, you know, I just think they're worthy of all that respect and and I think that's the way you should carry on the hunt with dignity and and honor and uh i try to I try that's the way I try to do conduct my hunts and conduct my life around the turkey and I think so many other people do too i think it's a universally shared among our sport. Uh, respect for the game and you can see it you can see it down there in Nashville all the respect that people have for the turkey and, and all the concern for the problems that that are going on right now we've, we've seen some population declines and stuff you see people working their tail end off to try and uh, get that turned around and it's just it's it's in, encouraging uh, uh, to see and I, I enjoyed being part of it. <laughs> Ferminator is the industry's most versatile piece of food plot equipment, allowing plotters to do every step of the process, working the soil, adding seed and soil supplements, and compacting. From start to finish with a single implement. It's hassle-free by design. Set it for the seed size and simply drive the tractor and the Ferminator does the rest. Check it out at the Furminator.com.
1: This is Lanny at the Gamekeepers of Mossy Oak. I've been shooting Nosler bullets as long as I've been wearing Mossy Oak. Nosler ballistic tip ammunition is made for knocking deer down right where they stand. Nosler's famous ballistic tip bullet is the key. It has controlled expansion and bone crushing punch to turn a whitetail's lights out. Bring home more deer this year with ballistic tip ammunition from Nosler. Buy now at Nosler.com.
4: Yeah, spending time at NWTF uh, this past week, uh, like you said it it was very noticeable that that uh, uh, the respect um, and the ethics and and our concern uh, it was just exponentially higher this year. You could you could almost just feel it in the air. Uh, so it was. I, I yeah, agree yes, with it. It
5: was palpable.
3: For sure. There's been so much um, learned in the last, whatever, five or ten years as people, you know, as we all did. We took it for granted. I mean, everything we touched turned to gold as they released, you know, cannon-netted turkeys all across the country. And just like a little bomb and cluster that grew and, you know, they didn't have any barriers. And all of a sudden we have all these headwinds now. It's just good to see how much people really, really care. And I think they all also realize it's a little bit different than, say, ducks where we can still – kind of gaze towards Canada and say, help us out, you know, with the hacks this year, we got to take matters in our own hands. And honestly, doc, you, you see more than even I do, but it just seems like people are enjoying that and taking matters in their own hands to turn things around. Cause you got to do it place by place. You can't do it in That's some right. big broad stroke, yeah. you know?
5: That's right. There's so many things in our life that we can't control. But you know, uh, working hard for something for a common goal like that, is, uh, and people want to want to get behind that and, and stand behind it and help pitch in and help and do the do the do the parts, do the hard work that's necessary. And I, I just I love to see it. It's it's been a lot of fun.
3: I, I just got to say that it reminded me so much and almost kind of brought me to tears that what my dad said that time they captured and we use it forever. He just said it one time. Boom in mossy oak, we look out for things that we love. And we love turkeys. I mean, do we love turkeys? Yeah. Yeah. But so we're busy looking out for them.
0: Lanny, if right. you got a question for Doc, you always complain that you never
1: get to ask enough well, questions. Well, thank so you crazy. for including me so early in the go. podcast this week, um, Bobby. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, my question is more about, I, I guess, um, when you're setting up on a turkey, you know, I guess if – what your path to success, is it more based on uh, calling – or woodsmanship
5: well i think um i've always studied the turkey you know i study what they do how they react with each other how they use the land and i and i i use a lot of a lot of that um you know i'm i'm looking for the very best place to set up and it might take me a little while to get to a spot where i think i can call that turkey in um, because I'm wanting to make sure there's no barriers in the way I want to, I want to find a spot where they're comfortable and coming. It's a lot easier to call one into where he wants to go and where mm-hmm. you want to set up. Right. So using all that, I think calling is important, but I think, um, I think it's, I think it's what you say and when you say it and, and less can a lot of times be more, um, you know, say the right thing at the right time and you don't have to overcall or anything. Um, I'm not a great caller. I think I'm competent, but I don't certainly don't. I'm, I, sure, do. I just, sure didn't belong down there on the stage in Nashville after <laughs> listening to all those guys.
4: That makes me feel better.
5: Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, those guys blow my mind. It's, I don't. That man, Matt Van Tice, he, he, he's got to have turkey feathers going in his arm. I mean,
3: right, Roker and Different, he's the GOAT at this point. Yeah. He may change someday, but nobody's touched his accomplishment. It's incredible. They're musicians, they're not just callers. No. perfection and it's all up and down the stage you well you saw it you can speak to it better than yeah
5: that. yeah they're amazing Dave Owens is a great friend of mine but uh, you know I, I've never heard anybody call better than him in my own personal experiences but my gosh Van Sice has been beating him for years
3: eight, uh, eight years in a row something like that seven something like yeah, that.
5: yeah he's won nine of them now yeah. that, that blows my mind but yeah so that's all important you know um Studying the bird. I've never had a lot of some of the old timers had such a such an over respect I think I, I, I hate to use that term but they almost a fear of screwing up you know because they thought that turkey could see through trees or or you know would disappear into the ground and we've all seen them do those very same things I know they can but I've never had I've, I've always approached them they're a bird and they have their Weak spots and, and vulnerabilities, and I try to capitalize on any of those that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, I think it's mostly just most of my respect, my uh, my success stems from knowing the bird extremely well. Yeah, because you sense.
0: know you know docs hunting a lot of new ground yeah. when uh, especially on these forty nine states he's traveled to. So I bet there's been a lot of times when there's some barrier. That has held up a bird. I don't that think he didn't we.
3: Yeah, there. it bear's repeating too. I don't think we said it yet, but he's on the very cusp of completing five. I mean, it's a it's an incredible, very very small club that can do it once. He's on. You like two states, right, Doc? From completing your fifth. Yeah, yeah,
5: I got two states. Um, yeah, that's just that's just a sign of of uh, not having. Sense to stay home and do something else that I should be doing. <laughs> so <I'm not> <laughs> hey, look,
3: it's it's incredible. It's just incredible. So that's five times he will By have killed every single state in all forty-nine states. Yeah, and which just thinking some of those. Have, like? Yeah, some of those tiny little states. We talked to him about it for yeah. Some of them, it's really hard to even get permission to go. You know.
5: I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, getting a tag in Nevada is about as hard as it can get, especially if you're trying to kill a public land bird. Uh, I Again, I did this at the time when there wasn't a whole lot of demand. Other people weren't doing it. So I was able to draw four public land tags throughout the years. Uh, so I got four birds on public land from Nevada, and then last year I killed one on private. Um, that's a tough one. Rhode Island can be really tough on public land. Uh, their public land is, is multi use. And I mean, there's people, there are people all over that place horseback riding, bicycling, hiking, bird watching. And those got, they're not meaning to, but they'll screw up a turkey in as fast as anything. Um, and there's not a whole lot of turkeys on their public land. Some of their private land can be pretty good. But uh, those are two tough ones. Um, Delaware, again, it's another small state with not a whole ton of birds in it. If you get drawn for a public land bird, uh, it can be pretty good. Some of those states like that, the access of getting the permit can be your most challenging thing. As far as the turkeys go, I think a turkey's a turkey. Um, any turkey, especially a pressured turkey, can be tough in any state. I don't care where you're at. Um, but I think it's I, – I don't know. I think you just – you make your own luck. and a lot of times, you work hard for it, and then and you can sometimes be order with an easy bird in a hard state. I've had easy easy hunts in Alabama, and I've had hunts down there where it would just make you pull your hair out. So you never
4: yeah, know. I've had a lot of those in yeah. my life, Dudley. You Is got a What question? happened? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of questions for him. Um, I'm trying to pick an appropriate one for for this podcast. I I really want to know more about you personally, like you know, where'd you get your favorite? Where's the best cheeseburger you've ever gotten on the road and all that stuff? Oh, but um, oh man,
5: that's a, that's an easy one. It was last year.
4: Where is that? I was out
5: in I was out in Arizona, and I got my butt handed to me on a on a platter last year. I had it nine days, and I got every decision I made for nine days was totally wrong i screwed up everything and uh, got skunked so i was leaving there and i was driving through uh new mexico and there's a little town called uh hatch and i don't know if oh, you're yeah. familiar with hatch hatch green chili oh yeah and so i was pretty close to hatch and i like green chilies and i like green chili cheeseburgers when a mile out west so i stopped at a little place called sparky's uh, in Hatch and my gosh what a cheeseburger that was Cheeseburger right. and a strawberry shake and some, some uh, spicy <clears throat> pinto beans man it was a heck of a lot everybody write know, that down it didn't make it didn't make up for getting my butt kicked in Arizona but it, at least it was i got a good meal out of it there you go. i better change your look
3: something that you know first <laughs> better yeah, yeah.
4: So I just, you know, I just, I picture you, you know, you're this traveling turkey hunter. I I have this strange suspicion that you probably read Jack Kerouac's On the Road a long time ago. (laughs) uh, Yeah, a long time ago. You're out on turkey tour, but uh, I do have a turkey question. And uh, we've been talking about this amongst ourselves a lot lately. Um, Are you one of those folks that like to sporadically call while you're walking through the woods to sound like a turkey? Or do you normally wait until you get to a promising area to, to, uh, you know, Yelp well, or something and try and get a gobble?
5: Yeah, I'm not what you would call your typical run and gun hunter. I don't think. Uh, I it, it depends. If I if I get to an area, say I go into a new new state and I and I've looked at my maps, I've done I've done my pre season scouting or whatever, you know. As much as I can do on the internet or or maps or what have you, I go into an area and if I start finding sign or hearing the turkey gobble, uh, I slow way down. If I'm just trying to find a bird, I'll I'll move through looking for sign, looking for tracks, scratchings, droppings, trying to find feathers, trying to find sign that there's turkeys there. A lot of times when I'm going into a new spot, uh, it may be later in the season. I don't know if I'm hunting gobblers or ghosts. There might be other people that have already been in there and killed all the the toms, you know? So I'm trying to discern that with what I can find, what visible sign I can find. If I get into a hot area, I slow way down. Uh, I'm I'm perfectly content, especially the older I get and the more miles I put on my knees, my old bad carpenter's knees. I'm pretty content to sit for a long time. Uh, If I do, if I do just, if I'm just moving and prospecting and, and looking for turkeys and I stop, I don't ever stay for less than a half an hour and usually at least an hour. Uh, and I'll call, I don't know, every five to 15 minutes, I guess. And I don't overcall. I don't just sit there and yup, yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, I'll try to conduct what I would say would be a one way conversation trying to start something up with somebody get a hand to answer or Tom, I don't care as long as I can get, make a contact with a Turkey. Um, and like I say, then I'm content to read my sign and stay in the fresh sign. If I find fresh scratching a whole bunch of it, man, I'm going to be sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of tracks, man, I'm right there. So yeah. And, and then like I say, if you, if you're, if you're just prospecting, I'll go every, Oh, maybe every quarter mile or, Three hundred yards or something, and get up hard down a hollow or something, try to get something to gobble.
4: Okay,
0: yeah, that's yeah. Everybody's got a style, and I think uh, that, that uh, it's in, it's interesting to hear different styles. I, I wanted to ask you if if you're walking in, you know, there's a turkey roosted somewhere, and you kind of get in there and get set up, or are you letting them? Kind of do his thing on the roost before, he, and are, are you wanting him to get on the ground before you yelp at him much, or do you call too much? I him do. In a tree? yeah,
5: yeah, very much. I used to owl hoot a lot and try to make him gobble, try to force the issue early. You know, I've kind of started shying away from that a little bit. I kind of just like the woods to do their own thing, let the turkeys do their own thing. Now, if he's not going to gobble, that changes everything. But say I know there's a gobbler in there, I don't care if he gobbles. Um, If I know he's there, I don't care. Uh, I just assume he didn't gobble because I'm on public land most of the time. And if he starts gobbling, all that that means is somebody else is going to hear him too, and they're going to come in there. Um, That's why I don't normally call to him in the tree. I want him on the ground. Let's get that battle started, you Mm -hmm. know, as soon as possible. I don't want him up there in the tree advertising for everybody.
0: Do you you have a lot of hunting public land as much as you do? Do you... Do you have run ins with other hunters and do you find that they once they realize you're there, they maybe back off or does it get aggravating and they try to sit around and, and cut you off or how do you-,
5: you know, that's uh, as much as I'm on public land and that's most of the time, probably eighty five percent of the time, I I don't have as much hunter interference as I would expect. Uh there it does happen and a lot of times in the parking lot, you know, you'll pull in someplace, somebody will pull in right there beside you right at goblin time or something like that in the woods itself. Not all that often. Once in a while you'll run into somebody that'll not care and they'll come in and try to cut you off or whatever, but it doesn't happen enough that you walk around mad all the time. Uh, And I do get a lot of people that I, that have the respect for another hunter and they'll hear you working the bird and now he's off. And I do, I treat everybody the same way. If I hear somebody working Turkey, I'm, I might sit, sit down and listen to the battle, but I'm certainly not going to contribute anything until I know he's gone or, or, or they've or killed the bird or whatever. More than likely I'll just turn and walk away and go find another Turkey. Um, we have that, we have that, uh, opportunity down in, in the United States where you don't have it's not the only turkey in the county you can you can go find someplace else to hunt so I that's the way I treat everybody else and I hope that's the way most people treat me and everyone else.
0: Laney if you uh is that the attitude you have if somebody moved in there on if
1: you what are you going to do? Uh well I'm hunting with my child a lot now so my attitude has definitely changed over the years. So, um, so no safety, more, no safety. more slash tires, no yeah, more no, no. spark Sa-
3: plugs pulled out of outboard Sa- motors. Well, or- I, even
1: if I, I, I'm just, if, enough, what happens to me more often than not is somebody I'm on a turkey and somebody's walking in, calling on it. Uh, and if they, you know, booger the turkey up, I just, I just bail out. I'm not going to his point, going to fight over a turkey anymore.
0: Has there has there been a time in your life when you would have like put your hands on somebody?
1: Uh, no, no. I mean I mean you gotta remember everybody's got a gun out there and a super safety issue. So I mean I I'm I'll back off. That's what you do. Yeah. Go so ahead, lot, Doc.
5: So a lot of times if somebody else is gonna booger up a turkey, you know they're gonna leave, right? That's right. So that turkey hadn't gone anywhere and he's still there. The more I hunt turkeys, the more I realize that me even if you shoot and miss miss one, you can kill him an hour later or ten minutes later or three hours later, he's still there. So that really doesn't deter me much. In fact, if somebody boogers up a turkey and I know they leave, well that's just that's just better. I'm I'm there. <laughs> I'll stay with him. <laughs> I got nothing better to do. That's yeah. patience.
4: Take a
1: nap and wait. I will say the 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 competition or the fact that you think you're not only, you know, you, you have to out hunt all the hunters and, you know, shoot the turkey too, it will push you to hunt. Harder, you know, get up earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. commit, you know, but not to the point of, you know, fist fighting in the power line over a turkey. Yeah.
4: (laughs) As long as you're not parking at that popular gate that people, you know, park three and four deep on, uh, it's pretty easy to get away from all of that. I will say turkey hunters are much more uh,
1: kind and respectful than sometimes you run into the waterfowl community. Not Duck hunter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I gets a little out of hand.
0: So uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of Doc. I'm asking you, but I'm looking at Lanny. I'd like his point of view and and Dudley as well. And, but uh, if you have a, if you're sitting there on public land, you've got a a guy. You're working a turkey, and you hear another guy come. Do you try to wave at him? Do you try to make? Do you let him know? Hey, I'm over here. Do you feel like there's safety as any kind of a situation? That something that makes you make sure that guy knows you're there. You yelp at him, or
5: if I see the guy, I want him to know I'm there because yeah. I don't want to get shot. But you want to be careful about that too. You don't want to you don't want to wave at him and make him see movement and take a shot at. Him. But I. The same thing as I'm studying turkeys. I'm also studying everything that's going on around mm-hmm. that woods. I'm looking at all the other critters, and I'm looking. And if I see, you know, same thing with a, with another hunter. I'm watching that hunter. I'm trying trying to stay aware of him, um, and I want to. I definitely want him to know. I'm not going to just yell at him and let him know I'm there. But uh, I'm going to try and get his attention, let him know.
1: I used yeah. to do the old squeak. and if,
5: and if he doesn't if he doesn't acknowledge me, or if he if he looks at me and just goes on. Well, I'll just, if that's the kind of hunter I'm going to be around, I'll just walk away from him. See these people? When the clock
3: strikes five, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. They have to do these things. They have to do those things. Enter the all-new LS Tractor MT2 and
5: MT2E, a relentless force of innovation, redesigned with a new hood and cab built for comfort and visibility, with enhanced lifting capacity to get the job done.
3: Making these people... The ones everyone else calls those people. Visit your local LS tractor dealer today.
0: Moultrie was first in feeders since 1979 and is the leader in total game management. They're taking feeding to another level with the new Ranch Series line of durable and versatile feeders, perfect for both wildlife and domestic livestock. So, Dudley, you can feed your goats. Whether you're a deer hunter, a hobby farmer, a land manager, or a rancher, Moultrie has you covered with several kit options, including a rotating auger, broadcast, or a gravity kit. And these feeders are 300 or 450 pounds. They're big feeders. All right, so guys... Moultrie is offering our listeners a 15% site-wide discount at MoultrieFeeders.com. Use code Mossy Oak with a capital M, Mossy Oak
3: at MoultrieFeeders.com, and get that 15% discount. You're scared to move. You certainly kind of don't need to call or whatever, maybe blow. A, I, I, once or twice I've had something where once they saw and once I knew they were right on top of me, and I actually... Got out a crow call and messed it up really bad, so they knew for sure it was a person. Because I felt like that was safe; at least they wouldn't draw down on me or whatever. One time, it made a guy who was coming in; it made him disappear. They just vaporized because they knew, and they weren't. I was where I was supposed to be. They weren't. Yeah. Well, other yeah. other time, they looked over and saw me then. When I was on public land, so uh, I don't it? know. That might be us. What do you think is the best thing for people to do safety-wise? I, I tell you what I do. I learned it from you. What's I, that? Yeah. I, whistle at them. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I just I, do I just,
4: a kind of an unnatural whistle. Yeah, but.
1: something that gets their attention.
5: Sometimes I've been known just to whistle Dixie at them. And yeah. <laughs> and occasionally, somebody will whistle it back at me. Yes. Or or try to <laughs> try to crow call really badly or owl hoop really badly so they know it's human. Give him. The, <laughs> you know, we're, we're laughing about some of this but of
3: all, all the topics we cover, and you know, I'm sure we could let him talk for hours and hours and people could learn so much from his experience. But it's probably the most important topic. I mean, if, Safety one, 100%. if we help one person not out of shot. a tight spot safely <laughs> then that might be the most important thing we give them out there doc and you have so much experience with that also you know doc have you ever had a situation where you felt your safety
0: was compromised
5: oh yeah absolutely yeah uh that's when that's when you sneak out of there yeah uh, i've never i don't think i've ever had anybody level their gun at me i don't think uh, that I knew about, but yeah that that thought's always in the back of my mind. I know a couple of my friends have been shot uh, I shared the stage with uh with uh, a guy at the Turkey convention he'd been shot oh 20 or thirty years ago and he's still blind in one eye um, so yeah that's an, it's an awareness you gotta be careful you gotta you gotta watch what you're doing and watch the other guy yeah Mac, you've got a question.
2: Yeah, Doc. So, I mean, finding the turkeys is the, I mean, number one thing is being yep. where the turkey is. I mean, what are some what are some tactics that you might be willing to share about how you find these turkeys? I mean, by a phone or a laptop.
5: Well, um, in the old days, back when I, you know, started doing this traveling turkey hunting thing, um, it was writing to biologists and and making direct contact with turkey biologists and seeing what they suggested areas they suggested in co- in combination with studying any literature I could find um, you can get you know um, lists of hunter densities per county or kills per county or and then you know, I'm looking at public land options so you know I'm looking at um, anything that they publish um, and then and then in conjunction with that, then I'm talking to the biologist getting an area, getting it narrowed down. So before I ever get to a state, I've got a pretty good idea, and this is built up over years to the point where now it's a lot easier now for me because I've got a database. But um, when I'm just going out cold, it's you know looking at looking at the ground features, um, looking at the at the uh, like I say the the success rate in that area and. Uh, just whatever I can find talking to people at the grocery store or the post office, or, you know, just anybody, when you're in the area, look, stopping at a restaurant and talking to people. Where are your camo? I, I always wear my camo and I've found a lot of turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else strike up a conversation in a restaurant. You turkey hunt? Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. any luck? No, not really. Well, I've saw turkeys over here on this and that road and, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, well. So, yeah. How, whatever you can do, you know, you got to work hard at it sometimes.
4: I never thought about the wearing the camo thing just to that's because we always a, got camo on. conversation.
3: <laughs> so, how often do you see a turkey strutting in a field and look at your own ex? Now you can see who the landowner is, probably over the half. There's a house there, stop and ask permission to go hunt. How often does that how often count?
5: Do I ask permission? Yeah. Hardly never ever. Wow. I'm, I'm old school. And all these young guys, all these young guys older, younger than me. Onyx is the is the way they do it. And man, I, I, it's not the way I grew up. I struggle with. I use Onyx, you know, religiously. But um, I don't ever call people looking for permission to hunt. You, you,
0: lanny you would just go wouldn't you You'd ask permission later
3: no Bobby,
5: I
1: mean, why are you framing me up as the outlaw mark that
3: time code didn't you? Yeah.
1: i do have a question related to this though doc do, how much afternoon hunting do you do do you you know stay out till oh, sunset and, and roost birds for the next morning
5: yeah i do quite a bit um a lot of times i'll knock off if i'm hungry i'll go eat or something 1 or 2 o'clock but I get back in the woods pretty soon thereafter. If I'm going to, you know, spend my time going to another state, buying an expensive hunting license and such, and my time, you only get three months, so um, I want to be in the woods as much as possible. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, I'd I venture to say you just you like being in the woods, and it's yes. it's a I do. You get There's that,
5: no place I'd rather be. Yeah, You yeah. get that sense get of that fulfillment.
4: So uh, it's it's way better than sitting at the tailgate eating eating oh, yeah. some viands. You back? know.
5: Yeah, what am I going to do back at camp? Take a nap. I can take a nap in the woods. A lot better. Yeah. I sleep really good out there. So I, I, I've been known if you if you talk to anybody that's hunted with me, they a lot of them have pictures of me falling asleep. Well, <laughs> I bet
3: I bet those woods naps are the best. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> they are. They
5: are. I Wake sleep better to- in the woods than oh. any place.
3: Yeah. So
0: and he's hunting some pretty places. Oh so. yeah. Being out there in, in yeah. them is is in all
4: fifty states or forty nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I it just I I get it that you're just the you're kind of the guy that's not really mad at them, but you just enjoy the <laughs> whole process so much and being out that's there right. and doing it that the the luck seems to find you. I mean, you obviously have that's experience, right. but and he's out there. You just that's enjoy right. being out there so much that uh, you know whether you get that's one or the, not. I tell you why that, that
5: sun's shining out, out there yeah. today. Mm. The only thing that the only thing that I regret, I guess, a little bit, not much, um, is I haven't done nearly enough fishing. I mean I've I've <laughs> driven by a lot of beautiful trout streams and fishing water and I'm not wet a line over the years. And <laughs> I wish there were more hours in a day so I could do everything. But, well, uh, they might, rod, they, but you gotta pick your pick. They make those little
3: packable fly rods. You can stick one in your turkey vest, probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: So we asked some of our listeners, we asked our listeners if, if there were any questions they wanted to ask you. And what kind of really stuck out here in my mind, I thought this might be a good place to ask it, is uh, when you close your eyes and think about turkey hunting, where are you sitting? Is there a state?
4: Is there an area? That, that, that's mm. A habitat type, you know, anything.
5: That, yeah, that's that's a cool question. I like that one. Uh I'm a hardwood boy, man. I I love the deciduous forest. I grew up in the southern hills, Indiana, rolling hills, hardwoods, oak hickories. Man, there ain't nothing in my mind prettier than a a chestnut-tipped eastern ripping it on a hardwood ridge. Mm -hmm. It it does not get any better. Second to that would be Florida, because I love my time in Florida. I spend about a month there guiding every year, and uh, there's something about those Spanish those big old live oaks and spanish moss and and those swamp gobblers and and there's just, I love that down there but my heart lies on the in the hardwoods
0: Midwestern hardwoods boy it just seemed like a gobble's louder in the hardwoods and
1: it it, mm. it just oh yeah nothing better yeah. than me. it really is yeah they shake your chest I just <laughs> love like, you know, those
4: ridges and you stumble across an old tree with character and you know I just yeah. just so That's it's not, hard to beat.
0: We've been asking everybody that we've had the last few weeks about drumming. And does do? Are you a guy that can hear that? And can you hear it at a distance? Can you course it? Do you? Does it figure into I your do. game plan? Are yeah? You?
5: I was blessed with really good hearing, and I've I can hear drumming for a long ways. I think maybe it might have diminished a little bit over the years in one ear. And now I noticed that. I think it's left, but it's really right you know, and, but other than that, I can hear them a long ways. There was a time, uh, I was in New York one time and it was an hour before daylight and I heard this turkey drumming and it was just mist and rain, really, really light. And I don't know if that contributed to the acoustic mother, that, whether that, uh, was like a radio receptor of the drumming or whatever, but I started walking towards this turkey. And I finally got to the point where I was right up underneath him, still still pitch dark. And uh, I didn't kill him. He flew down and went the other way. I didn't kill him. Well, I came back later, and I paced that off from where I first heard him to where he was roosted. It was about 300 yards. Wow. And I thought, my gosh, how could I, how could I possibly have heard a turkey jumping that far? But I did. Uh, I hear him regularly, 100, 150. Yeah. Um, and I use it a lot. I I drum Adam uh, some. I spit and drum and uh I was listening to your podcast with Dave the other day and he was saying that he doesn't really use that much. I do. Um and I think I've definitely had some turkeys that I killed because of it. I had uh I was guiding a guy in Florida a couple of years ago and I had two gobblers come out and they hung up about sixty yards out and they just they drew a line in the sand, they weren't coming any close. That was it. And I started spitting and drumming with my mouth and Boy, you could just see them. They they'd perk up and listen, and and then they'd take one or two steps closer and strut and pace back and forth. And I'd drum again, and that same thing. They finally got to about thirty two yards, you know, and then he killed one of them. And I definitely directly attribute that kill to spitting and drumming. Hmm. I love it. That's my. That's a awesome sound oh here. I, oh, yeah. I feel sorry. for I feel sorry for all the people that can't hear it because that uh, man, that one just gets my heart.
3: It's going. magic, and like you said, left. I've never really been able to course it really well. I mean, usually it's there the direction I thought, but not always. And and even then, I can't be sure. It's just so mysterious. It's overwhelming sometimes. But so I'm just going to say one thing I've noticed, and I don't know if it's true or not, because I have a lot of dotted points, but. So many times it's happened to me, and I have heard them at three hundred yards before or two fifty. I mean, just crazy love. It's like, "Wow, it's, turkey's drumming so loud!" He's two hundred and something yards. Every time that I ever got lucky enough, or someone with me, killed one of those, it was always a very old turkey. And I'm just wondering. I asked Dave that, and he he didn't. He said, "Yeah," but he wasn't. You know, he didn't hadn't that. Have you noticed that? Whenever. You've had a remarkably loud drumming turkey that you. If you killed him, it was an old turkey.
5: I heard you say that remarkably, when you're talking to Dave, and I, I can't really, I can't really say as I've paid any attention to it, uh, old turkey or not. Yeah, it's interesting. I found it really interesting to to hear you say that. Um, I'm going to start paying more attention to that, maybe.
3: Because it's just every now and then, I, and maybe it's the conditions too. But hmm. every now and then, you can hear. us no way I can hear that turkey drumming, but. But I still remember vaguely because it was a really slow year, and I hunted a lot in Alabama, and I hadn't even killed a turkey on this project, my favorite place, all year. It was like two days before the season was over, and I just heard a Jake gobbling, and I just well, that's a Jake. So, and I sit here because nothing's gobbling, just a little bit to see what happens, and then I could hear a turkey drumming, and it was a very long way off because uh, I could see 200 yards, and you know, anyway. It told me obviously that drumming that far away that it should be an old turkey, even with a really pitiful gobble. Turns out it was a old old turkey. He just Mm -hmm. had a weak gobble late in the season like that. So it just a couple of times that's happened. It just you know you remember when you when you stand over one, he's got those needle sharp spurs. It makes you think about it. Some
5: yeah, it makes it makes it sounds like a good theory. I I wouldn't doubt it at all. I know turkeys can certainly vary their Goblin. I mean I've seen oh, turkeys yeah. standing at sixty yards from and gobbling you couldn't hardly hear him. And I've watched turkeys at a hundred and fifty yards that you couldn't hear at all. Yeah. Now that maybe that's terrain. Like a lot of times in Florida, if he's out there at 100 150 yards standing in a pasture, you can watch him gobble all day long, you won't hear a dang thing. But that's I think I think they probably can vary their drumming too. I would think so. So can you give us
0: an example of how you spit and drum Adam? Can you do that over the phone?
5: I just
1: Sounds like one to me. That's man. it, Lanny. I know. I wish I could hear it. <laughs> you all
0: ever
3: hear wings dragging in the oh, I mean yeah. sh- a little bit. Oh it's, yeah. They got to be really close for or it's got to be really crunchy. Yeah. Oh yeah.
5: Yeah, I hear yeah, them I called one, up called one up in Nevada one time and he was he was dragging his wings in the sand. And you know, if, if you can hear him dragging wings in the sand, you know he's pretty close. He's close. Yeah. Yep. You better he's have your tight. safety off.
3: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mac, we need to practice our spitting <sighs> and Do You You know, the thing um, mm-hmm. people do a lot, sometimes it scares me to do it because I'm so intent on, obviously, got in the camo business, <laughs> never being seen or spooking one or anything. But, you know, occasionally I do it. A lot of people I go with, because it's real big on it raking in the leaves. Do you oh, do that yeah. a lot? Raking in the leaves a lot? or you? Oh yeah. Okay.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. Almost every setup. Yeah. How
3: about that? Yeah. Cause
5: they have, they have a definite cadence. It's scratch oh, yeah. with one foot, scratch twice with the second. Yeah. Right. Scratch, yeah. Maybe scratch, scratch, scratch. Four time with the yep. so scratch, 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 scratch. And you can walk, I walk through the woods and especially in the afternoon, you know, if I'm just, if I'm hunting the afternoon, I don't, I'm not on a hot spot particularly, but I'm trying to find turkey. It's moving slow. Listening, listening for scratching
3: because those hens are going to be scratching in the aftermath for sure. Yeah. He's right about that cage. Oh, yeah. I found a scratch. Scratch, scratch, scratch. And it's it's so humorous to watch them because their legs are so far back from where their head is when they're so they scratch after that second one, like scratch, scratch, scratch. And they're backing up on the second scratch so Mm -hmm. that their head's right where they just scratched. Mm -hmm. It's really funny to watch them backing up like that.
1: That's the one of the first things I look for when I sit down is to be sure I got something to scratch scratch with. with.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not as brave. I do it. I've done it some, and I've had them. I mean, just un, no, crack a stick and they gobbled out oh, yeah. and came in there. But I'm I'm always I I don't want them having me pinpoint it, especially if I'm not hit as well as I'd like to be. So I'm just so careful about that, and I'm so sparing with the calling. Or any sound, if I don't feel like I'm hidden good enough, you know.
5: The more I hunt, the more I, the more I like to get in hidden a little bit. Yeah, you know, I might, I might pull some brush around me, or you know, a fallen limb or something. I like to find a tree that's got some fallen stuff at its base, just so it's just not me in a tree trunk. Right. Uh, I just feel a little. I feel a little more comfortable and concealed, even if, even if I'm not. Uh, makes Makes me feel a lot more confident when I got a little bit of something to break me up. And again, sitting in the shade, always, always sitting uh,
3: yeah, That's one of my little things I've never heard anybody talk about before, but if you're going to sit for a while, like especially say up in the morning, nothing's really happening, but you're going to stay there. And I've done it so many times. I get in the shade and then like 20 minutes later I'm in the bright sunlight again, well, the sun's going from like east to west. So if you're looking there, you know where that shade's going. I sit at the very edge of it so that I'm yep. sitting in the shade longer. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that's a, small tip but you know you sit there and it's, you've been there an hour and you thought you were in the shade next thing you know there he is and you're sitting in the bright sunlight right. but,
5: but no it's a little it's attention to the little details that make you successful or not a lot of times you got to pay attention to that kind of stuff
0: i tell you it sounds like it sounds like doc's got a lot of woodsmanship schools oh my old school that i wish we could pull some of those tips you know he's got a bunch of them in him
4: so much experience
5: i grew up as a squirrel hunter and a and a rabbit hunter without dogs. And, you know, <laughs> I learned that you learn to get around in the woods and a trapper. I'll tell you what, I attributed a lot of my outdoorsmanship to, to being a trapper all mm-hmm. my growing years, you know.
3: He takes his learning most, what critters do. The most important uh, nutritional supplement for turkey hunters is your vitamin P, patience. Mm
1: hmm.
5: Big time. Yeah. Yep. Agree.
0: So, Doc, I want to ask you a guy, if you've traveled so much, And how did you, what contributed to you saying, okay, you know, I think I'm gonna, I think I want to try to kill a turkey in every state and just the, that Mm -hmm. uh, initially it sounds like a monumental task, but how did you, how did you kind of make that jump in your mind to say, I think I can do this?
5: Well, I, I backed into that one. I didn't really, that was not a goal from early on at all. Um, Early on, it was, I want a turkey hunt. Second thought was, I, I can't hunt. You know, our, our season back then was only 12 days. Well, 12 days wasn't enough. So hmm. I got to extend that somehow, somehow. So I started going to other states. And then it's like, well... Two states isn't enough. I, I, I think I can hunt more than that, and so doing that, and then see so you're, out, and then it's like I want to hunt different environments. I want to see the West and ponderosa pines, and I want to see Florida and the swamps, I want to see the Northeast, and I want to see, it. I want to see that Texas country, you know. So uh, a curiosity about other habitats and where these turkeys are living. So that started out like that, and then the more I hunted, you know, I just just started knocking states off, not not with any kind of rhyme or reason. Then I got to a point where it's like, well, man, I've hunted a lot of eastern states. Maybe I maybe I'd like to kill turkey in all the eastern states, you know. And and then one day, uh, my friend Larry Sharp, biologist uh, down in Kentucky, he said, well, "Well, why don't you just kill one in all states?" I, I started looking at my records. Shoot, I've killed turkeys in twenty five states already. I only got twenty four more to go. I think I can do that. And then, but I, at the time, I thought, why do I want to ever hunt in Rhode Island or Delaware or one of these, some of these little more difficult places, you know, to get a tag? And I, but then I started thinking about it. Well, shoot, Rob Keck had done it. I'm like, man, I think I can do that. So so I started just knocking them off. But it was incremental. You know, like I say, I hunted east, all the easterns, and got all, most of those out of the way. Then I, then I started branching out, doing some western states and stuff. Pretty soon, well, before long, I I was was within reach. Then once I got one done, it's like, boy, I started looking at my records. A lot of these states, I've killed more than one turkey. Uh, Maybe I'll just try and kill a second one every day. I'm not going to have any left in a year. I'm already hunting 10 to 12 states every year. It doesn't matter which states they are. So let's just see if I can arrange. And I always try to do my seasons where I'm arranging my season by the easiest travel route. You know, if I'm going to go out west, I'm going to have three, four, five, six states out west all in a way that makes sense in my dri- in my driving plans to cover the least amount of ground. Same thing on the east. So it's like I'm knocking off chunks of states anyway, so I'm going to be there. Well, then I got done with two. Okay, I guess I'll try for three. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I tell you, Lanny, it sounds like he'd be a lot of fun to break down. Oh, with. 100%. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an invite to me, Doc.
2: I
1: think Bobby's.
5: <laughs> Come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Be, He, all, he always puts that out days. here. Yeah, there you go. You, you better take your vitamin P. Yeah. Now, Bobby will <laughs> show be- up. <laughs> it's, it's about to start here. I'm going to head for Florida here in about 10 days. So. Wow, I'm um, starting to get, get geared up.
3: It's supposed to be 75 here today, so it's gonna. It's oh, gonna it's
5: 60 something s- here in Indiana. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's insane. Got, it we did s- We haven't had a winter at all. So. <laughs>
3: Hey guys, Dudley
4: from Gamekeepers here. I wanna tell you about the all new Gunner Dog Bowl. It's designed for home and built for travel. It's customizable, leak resistant, light on weight, solid on durability, and rust proof. Like other Gunner products, they're made in Nashville and designed for everywhere.
3: Hey, this is Toxie Hayes with Mossy Oak. You know, hunting and fishing, gamekeeping, and taking care of the land with my family, is my life. And I'll be honest with you, the one app that I'm on every day and use more than anything is OnX. It literally has changed my life. From property ownership to roads, everything to do with understanding the land better. I even use it to plot acreages all the time. Every function I could dream of. Use coupon code Mossy Oak to save 20% on your next OnX subscription. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. <laughs>
0: after all your travel and all the people you've run into and met and people ask you a lot of questions, is there one one tip that you could give our audience that, guys, if, if y'all would pay more attention to this or if you would do that, do this and do that, that you, you guarantee that you can help a guy be a better turkey hunter. Is there anything that comes to mind that you think guys just aren't doing enough of that you, a good tip you can leave them with?
5: Man, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe slow down. Uh, maybe just You know, don't act like it's a race. Don't try and don't try and force the issue. Let the turkey work on turkey time. Um, They're the ones that's going to depend, going to make or break you anyway. It's at their pace, not yours. So uh, slow down and watch what the bird's doing. Pay attention to how they're acting. I guess I guess that'd probably be as good as any. Yeah, Yeah. like like you say, vitamin P and a lot of vitamin P and study the birds, study the, study the turkey.
0: Yeah. Toxies applauding that comment. It, you, you, you made something earlier about kind of letting the woods wake up and letting the morning kind of happen on its own rather than forcing some yeah. of the issues. I, I made a note about that. Cause I think that was a really, a really good comment as well, especially turkey. I don't know, know make...
5: if it's the right way to do it. I just see. I don't know about that. I mean, I enjoy it just to, I've been a uh, habitual record taker, so I've always recorded the time of first gobble every day I've ever hunted. You know oh, when did wow. they start? And if you're forcing the issue earlier than that, then it gives you kind of a false reading. So I just sort of want to. I'm just curious at what time they're going to gobble by the, all the, on their own. So I've studied that, and I guess that's why I've I've slackened off on on trying to make them gobble. Uh, I just I like it. I like to. See how the morning develops, you know, how, how it all comes together, how it starts. It's just uh, just you, the way I've started there. And I do I – still, I'll still make him gobble once in a while, but uh, most of the time I like to just let them do their thing.
0: So do you find that if uh, – I, I don't keep notes, but I do look at my little watch, and I, I try to make notes about when they're – mental notes. If he gobbles at 601 today and I don't get him for some reason, I go back in the morning, I always – just feel like at six oh one, he's gonna gobble t- tomorrow.
5: It's gonna be pretty close to that, All off things uh, equal, mm-hmm. unless the weather changes or something. He's gonna be within five minutes of that. I uh, think almost the always.
3: The time changes like fifty second, forty five, fifty seconds a day, doesn't yeah. it? it? Gets a little earlier every so, day. Yeah, it would be six oh two tomorrow or six right. o'clock tomorrow. So. Yeah, um, he's gonna be there now. They, they're
5: pretty <laughs> regular on when they want to gobble.
0: It's pretty amazing how they have that little. Something in their mind. Now it's time to, now it's time, time to gobble. To you know
3: the the one thing is like um, time, and I know it's all our perception, but something is like God speeds that time up from the time from the first gobble till it's too late. It's too late, too late to get close enough. Mm-hmm. It goes so fast some days. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you yeah. know.
5: Yep, it does.
3: I'd be. I'm curious, Doc. I
2: mean, as much data as that you keep. Is there any anomalies or any, anything that just jumps out to you, whether it be the pressure or the sunny day or going to bed happy, waking up happy? Is there anything like that that, that you see and you're like, they're going to be ripping it in the morning?
5: Well, I've not ever kept a barometer. That's the one thing I don't have. But I'll tell you one thing. If it's, if it's going to rain mid-morning, and if it's not raining at daylight, but it's going to rain mid morning to noon, you can pretty well count they're not going to gobble for crap first thing in the in the tree. I find that time and time again. If I don't hear any goblin, I look at the weather and it's oh, it's going to rain later on. I'm okay, so I guess it's probably pressure related. I would think.
3: Don't you think it's different in different parts of the country too?
5: oh for sure yeah yeah yeah. so time and again i i find that to be pretty consistent if they're not if if it if they're they're just not gobbling in the morning for whatever reason a lot of the time it has to do with rain coming in mm -hmm. now that's different if it's raining at daylight whole different ball game i love a little drizzling morning man they'll gobble their brains out a lot of times um If it's it's raining good, I've had them gobbled good. If it's going to rain late afternoon, same thing, they'll gobble good. But, boy, that mid-morning to noon time frame, that's like imminent weather coming in, and it must must just trigger something in their brains, and they don't feel like gobbling.
4: That makes a lot of sense.
0: I never really hunted, turkey hunted, in the rain much. I actually have, sometimes, sometimes.
3: but I,
5: scared, I had some I knew, great hunts in the rain. Yeah, I, knew, I guess that first one I killed in the rain kind of got me started, and, and I,
3: yeah.
5: I'm not scared of hunting in the rain. I, if it's going to be a, just a downpour, you know, I'll, I'll probably sit in the van for a like while. A, but,
4: yeah, a long I
5: duration. Mean, yeah, but if it's a, a drizzling-type rain or a real light rain, then I'm going to be out there.
3: Too. You know, there, I, it,
5: could, it could get good.
3: I'm bad to not go if it's looking bad outside. I'm not. I'm not – but I do remember a, an older fellow that gave advice when I was younger, and he, we went and one morning and uh, had a hunt, didn't kill a turkey, had a bunch of hens and all. there. But turkeys gobbled, and we could hear a turkey or two, and it was raining. And he said, look, son, he said, turkeys do almost everything just like they do when it's beautiful, except you're not out there to hear them or you can't hear them if you are because of the rain you knocks mm, down the sound of right. You know, he, he yeah. acted like, you know, that's – yeah, you might not can hear him, but he, they work the same, call come to a call the same and do everything. It's what he said. I, I can't bear great witness to that because the times I do go, I know where they are for sure. I roosted one, you know, today's world. I saw him on camera the day before, something like that, you know. And I will go in the rain. Yeah,
0: I'm always worried about my calls. Well, I've, I've done there. it.
3: Just leave everything but a mouth yeah. call, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You're not yep. killed one in a storm not long ago, a few years ago. Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. But they're the, you know, even here, the turkeys at home in Mississippi will gobble in bad weather. Yeah. Gobble at thunder and stuff, but across, and I don't know yep. what it is, but over there where our places in Alabama. And growing up hunting in further south Alabama, this, and I remember Bob Dixon saying that. He was from Alabama. He said, Look, and I, we'd be mulligrubbing grubbing about the turkey. He said, Our turkeys just don't gobble when they're wet, they just don't. And so I've noticed, at least in that part of the country, what the weather's like when they go to bed has a big factor of how they're going to, you know, ring it the next morning. And not so much here. I mean, you know, when they get cranked up and they're, you know, they're wanting to breed hens and all, they they usually gobble anyway. But I don't know, it's weird. Something about those old school Alabama turkeys are so weather-sensitive.
5: A lot of times when you've gone through a couple of days of really heavy rain, you know, and, and it's going to be really nice the next day and you think, Oh, they're all just going to crank it today. They've got to, they've been wet for two days now. It's beautiful. And then, and you won't hear any. And it's like, they, I almost need another day of right. decent weather before they start firing up again.
2: So, so, so doc being a <coughs> woodsman in both forms of the, the word, What's your favorite slate glass call wood?
5: What's my favorite uh do you glass have, call wood?
2: Or do you have a favorite wood or do you make do you have a favorite wood that
5: like, the calls made out? are like
3: oak, walnut, you know, whatever. Yeah.
5: yeah, cherry. Well, um not particularly cuz I've got a ton of glass calls that all sound good. Um the one call I've stuck with a lot of years is an old cane creek call that was made out of poplar, and I and I love those old calls. Uh, he quit making now; that he makes them out of mahogany now. Uh, they sound good, but I I like that sound that those old ones got. But I don't think it much matters on the wood so much as the rest of the configuration of the call. Uh, the striker, I think, makes a heck of a lot more difference than what the call's made out of. Um, and I've been using; I really like tulip wood. It's one of my favorites for a striker. Macassar mm-hmm. um, Ebony is another good one. I've been using – Derek Stuckey makes some from Obsession Turkey Calls, and I've been using his, his strikers for a long time. And, man, they sound really good. In fact, I just picked up a few more when I was down there at Nashville. I, I used to buy a few more from them every year. I must have 100. And uh, I really, really like that, too, with a striker. I wish about it, it'll make about any. Pot calls sound
3: good. I wish you'd have told me that before the convention. Now we've got to call online to get one.
5: <laughs> nah. You ever you
0: ever lose a striker out there, Doc, oh. and then you just spend another hour going oh, back wow. looking for it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, yeah. the, it's the
3: worst feeling. Or Worst. Yeah. worst. If, if, yeah. For me, lost a call you've had for like 30 years. I've had that happen once or twice. It yeah. breaks my heart. That's a sore subject with me. I I lose a lot of stuff in the woods. Why don't
0: we ask our trivia question of Doc right now?
5: Now, hold on. Wait a minute before you (laughs) start. I want you to ask me a better one than you asked Dave Owen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. He hung Dave out to drive really bad. Gosh, I was disappointed That was a killer. <laughs> but nobody knew the
0: answer to that. I had so many people no. come up to me at NWTF and say, I can't believe <laughs> Indian hen. Everybody knew it in Indian Oh, they did not. You're I just did. trying to get out now. Richie, why don't you set up the segment real quick with our sponsor there?
5: Today's trivia is brought to you by Sheffield Financial. Fuel your gamekeeper projects with financing for power sports, outdoor power equipment, and trailers. Begin your next conservation adventure at sheffieldfinancial.com.
0: All right, Richie, thank you. So, Mac, let's go with the question. All right, Doc, so we we're,
2: we're going to ask you a question and the listener who left us a really good review his name is Maddox H33. Well, actually, if you get this right, he will get a Gamekeeper Edition turkey vest. What? Oh, a, what a great prize! Wow.
0: So, so, Man. so the guys at the Gamekeeper Fieldwear have given us six vests. So the next six weeks, we're going to give away a Gamekeeper, uh, a turkey vest. Perfect. So, so, guys, if you'll go leave a review, you got a chance to win one. But also, they gave us a code. Anybody listening to this can go to Gamekeeper Fieldwear. Type in the code and get a 25% discount. Nice. What, what's that code, Mike? The
2: code is podcast25. How about that? And that gets you 25% off the turkey vest. Podcast25.
0: And it's a great turkey yeah. vest. It kind of got overshadowed last year by the Mr. Fox vest. Which right it took all the Rightfully so. Yeah. yeah it did. <laughs> but guys, I think if y'all go check this vest out, it's got a lot of features. You'll like it.
3: It has, I'm looking at one, it has a lot of zippered pockets. So, you, you, if you're like me and Doc and Dudley, you can zip your collars up and not leave them sitting at the base of the tree. <laughs>
4: oh, I'll leave them anyway. <laughs>
2: it does. It's got, it's got 14 pockets, actually.
3: Oh, wow. All right, Doc, here we go.
5: So uh, the, keep me up an easy
2: one. All right, so it's true or false. Owls eat everything whole or break it apart and swallow it. Their digestive system then breaks everything down, and if it can't be digested like a bone fur or cat collar – it is coughed back up in the form of a pellet.
1: True or false?
5: I believe I would call that one true.
1: Nailed there it. There you go. Anybody that's ever cleaned out a shooting house that had the window open all summer. Owls cough up pellets yeah, t- of what they didn't digest. And then scientists go and study those pellets,
0: and they understand what the diet is. So you can see
3: who came up with this question, Doc, by Bobby's fervor for this, you can always tell if it, if it's a question and it's just, nobody could make this up. It has to be true. <laughs> and that's what doc was thinking. Yeah. There's, there's no way he could have made that up. That's right. <laughs> I, lo- I love the way,
4: okay. I love the way you threw cat collar in there. <laughs> yeah. So in my research for this
0: question,
5: turns out great horn owls. Ooh.
1: Like cats.
5: Like cats. So, Ooh. My buddy down in Florida called me last week and he says, I got some bad news and some good news. He says, uh, uh, my but the bad news is my bet my pet gobbler got killed last night, mm. and I said oh, that's too bad. But his name was Buddy, and you pull into Bill George's yard and you'd say, Hey, buddy, and he'd gobble every time, day or night. Oh, my he's goodness. a needle gobbler. Oh. He said, Buddy got killed last night, and you just a pile of feathers there in the yard and his carcass. And I, I said, Well, how what's it look like? What killed him? And he says, Well, his head and his throat was eaten, and I said, and he says, "I think it was a coon." I said, "No, I think it was an owl." because uh, the owl, when I was trapping all the time, if you if we get a muskrat in a trap, an owl would always eat the head and the neck first. And whereas if a say a mink a trap well, killed a, a muskrat that was in a trap. They eat from the butthole in because mm-hmm. a, but, a mink doesn't doesn't have the enzymes in its gut to digest its food. So it gets it from what it eats. So he starts in from the gut, whereas an owl would go from the head down. And I said, I think an owl killed Buddy. And he says, well, uh, the breast is all good. So the good news that him, of him dying is we're I'm going to go ahead and clean him. And at camp next week, we're going to have a meal out of Buddy. <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> respect. Thanks. Oh, uh, Buddy. What a way to go. What Thanks, way... Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're going to have Buddy for dinner one night. There you go. So
4: I've noticed great that game. with my chickens. Like if a, a hawk catches one, they, they go to the head first. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. That,
5: that's
0: surprising.
1: Yep. Buzzard will do it, too, on a, on a deer carcass. starts on the eyes. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: wow well we've got a we're doing a podcast a bonus podcast tomorrow on uh owls that actually will probably come out before this one comes out so. who cooks for you all mm-hmm. yeah well doc goodness gracious you're oh. a lot of fun to be around you've got yeah. a book that's uh, what is can you tell us about this book so some of our listeners might could get that
5: well i just came out with the fourth one in the series uh well what uh Turkey Tales and Tales from Across the USA, Volumes 1 through 4. Um, it, they're just a chronological rendition of, of uh, a record of my my life as a turkey hunter. It started before I hunted, and, and it, it kind of just goes, uh, like I said, chronologically all the way right through the years. The last one, I think, takes me up through 2018. And then Toxie and Daniel played that video of the upcoming film about uh, Mr. Hayes and, and uh, the colonel. Kelly, and I'll tell you what man, there wasn't a dry eye in that house. it was really just well done, inspirational. it put a lump in my throat. I forgot everything I intended to say from that point on, but that that was the highlight of that of that seminar i i was I really appreciate them, um, and I can't wait to see the full full length movie it's gonna be awesome
3: it it is it literally is a movie, it's a motion picture they're just amazing it's just gonna be. A couple of weeks, yep. and we'll probably have Daniel or somebody on here to talk about it. So we released to the public, I think. I don't want to start a yeah. rumor, but I think the first week of March, somewhere in there. Well, but
0: it's done. So, so Doc, I was there. You you uh, you did a great job describing your book and all that. You you uh, you it, it was very interesting, mm-hmm. and I think people there were just love reading about turkeys, love hearing about turkey stories, and and you've got a yeah. bunch of good ones, that's for sure.
5: Well, it's, I appreciate Brent having me, and, and Mossy Oak sponsoring everything. It was a, it's a good turnout. We've done it two years in a row. I think it was, it was a good time.
0: Yeah, Bottomland Book Club is what. The, so, guys, if
5: you go Bottom to Land the Book Club, if you go to
0: the NWTF next year, watch for that thing. It's one, it's one Saturday afternoon for about an hour. It's really
3: entertaining. It was amazing. So I, I feel it's winding down, Bobby. I got to say, Doc, that. Um, um, you know, I've, I've, as I, I've, you know, once we lost Bob Dixon, it taught me a lesson. So I'm not go, planning on going anywhere. I hope you don't, but I've, I kind of blurt out to people all the time. You know how I feel about, it. I just got to say that I'm so glad that you accomplished these things because it puts you in the spotlight more and it's not the turkey hunter. It's the, the guy that you are, the man that you are, that is so inspirational. The way you carry yourself, the way you tell stories, you could sit, I could sit there and listen to it all day. Honestly, um, you know, and so I just appreciate how you handle yourself because it puts you on a pedestal as a role model. I know that's pressure, but all you have to do is just be yourself. The way you do everything is something worthy of people listening to. So thank you.
4: Yeah. And, well,
5: thank you. I, I, and, I appreciate that a lot.
4: And you can thank uh, authors like Bobby or, or Brent Rogers or Doc, by. By supporting you know, and yeah, support them books, by getting yeah. the book and reading it. Uh, and I'll say this: you can support us by leaving a good review as well. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, Doc, we are we are fans. Love talking to you. I feel yes. like
0: I feel like there's one more question. Oh, there's we need always. To ask. I, there- I,
3: you know, I, I was going to ask him stuff like: Is there any situation? You know, and I know you you hunt so much public ground with you. You hear whether it's hens, gobblers, multiple gobblers. Is there any situation at daylight where you tell yourself, "Uh oh, this is going to be good." This tells me where to get. Is, is there anything when you hear it, you're just like, "Uh oh, this is." I feel a layup coming.
5: Well, I, there ain't ever a layup in turkey no? right? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I if I got if I got two gobblers gobbling their brains out and they're separated by about two hundred yards. And I can get right in between them. That is
3: my. <laughs> and I got, some
5: hens, I got some hens right there around me. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. That,
3: uh, that is one thing that I was going to say, too, because there's not many, and that's still not a layup, but there's so few things. You're like, if you do this, you can count them doing that. But if they're two and they're far enough, you, if you can hear them, and especially if they're cutting each other, that's what I yeah. found. If oh, you yeah. get between yeah. them, if you're trying you're wasting your time to trying to call them at daylight, but if you can get between them, Without spooking them, just put your call up get ready. That's right,
5: yeah, yeah. And I love I love to get a, if I can get a hen that's with a gobbler, if I can get her cutting back at me, if she's really, if she's hitting it hard, boy, that's good too. I yeah. mean, because she's, she's probably going more to, more times than not, she's going to come looking for you. And I won't give her much. I'll give her a little short two-note cuts, you know. Uh, I don't want to say too much because a lot of times, that hen will feel jealous and she'll take the gobbler away from you. You don't. That's the last thing you want. So, but if you can just get her mad enough to come looking for you, and, and she wants to express her dominance over you, that can be as good as it gets too. Because that gobbler's going to come tagging right along with her.
0: That's it's my ex- that's my number one excuse. I always feel like the the hens are taking
3: the the, the gobbler away from them. Keep telling me do.
5: That's a good <laughs> excuse because they do.
3: You know that's what I always people talk about this bad turkey always a bad and they, it exists all over, but way more than that are bad hens. So think about over time, an older hen. How many times she may have been with him and shot over, you know when you somebody killed her boyfriend or somebody in the herd or what she's probably been chances are been around that. Someone calling and something getting shot at more than anybody, and so I, I personally believe the bad hen will drag them away from your calling a lot quicker than the gobbler, you know, mm. leaves on his own. I've never yeah.
4: thought about that. that. That makes
3: a lot of sense. Absolutely. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They've seen it all. Yeah, especially I can imagine on public land how many times that may have happened, and so um, that's another reason to be careful. Yeah, we-
5: And yep. they, they can sure be jealous. They don't like. They don't like to share the competition with other hens.
0: No. And boy, they can, they, they, you know, if you get one in, call one in, you just, but you, you, you better be wearing your mossy oak and sitting still
3: because you, <laughs> yep.
0: you don't need her seeing you.
3: No. And they're going to looking for Oh, you. yeah. Yep. Yep. That's Doc, you got
0: any, you got any, you got anything you want to ask us before we let you go?
5: No, you guys are, you guys have been an inspiration to me for a long time. And I'm, I'm just thrilled to death to, Share a little time with you, tell some turkey hunting stories. That's <laughs> what I'd rather do than anything. So,
0: well, we're gonna pile in that van with you one day and go somewhere, <laughs> and then you'll get tired.
5: Of maybe <laughs> maybe us out. quick. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe looking for a new ride. I've got ten days before I leave, and I just got news from my mechanic a couple days ago. That it needs about twelve to fourteen thousand oh, dollars repair. Oh. So, um, I may be, I may be driving a. We might uh, have to pick Subaru him up or something. <laughs> well. <laughs> You might see me in a Volkswagen van or a Volkswagen bug or something.
3: We just dropped a new motor in Landy's truck, I think. Oh yeah. Ready to go again. <laughs> yep. So if everybody's <laughs> listening to
0: this would buy his new book. That yeah. might that he might, might help him get, get over this one. That's right. Yeah. For
4: twenty three cents a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Doc, we thank the
0: world of you and we yeah. hope you have a great season. If you get a if you get anywhere close to us, uh please Drop by and see us. I will. Yeah, we got a pretty oh, good I cheeseburger
4: will. here in town, too. We so Come
0: that, see us.
5: That can draw me as well as anything.
0: So, guys, check out. Uh, you get that 25% discount at uh, Gamekeeper Fieldwear on that vest. And please remember to go and sign up for the LS Gamekeeper Tractor giveaway. Oh, yeah. That's a good deal.
1: It's a great deal. Yeah,
0: and share that with you. Well, you know, it might it might limit your ability to win <laughs> if you share that with you. <laughs> Still share sure, anyway. sure the good news. Somebody's going to win the track yeah, that's right. is the point. So, all right, guys, uh, looking around the room. Lanny, you look like you've got somewhere you need to be. Toxie's got a fire dripping in the back of his truck right now, I bet.
3: Close. Yep. I have burn permits today, multiple ones. We're fixing to go light it up. Drop it down. We'll be careful Hey, Doc, out
5: there.
3: Uh, before I get out of here, I meant every word I said, so thank you for just being you. That's a great gift to all of us.
5: Thank you, Toxie. I appreciate it. kinda of can't tell you how much. I appreciate everything you've done for me over the years. Man, just, you're an inspiration.
3: If you want to thank someone, go look in the mirror. And good luck. And Bobby said that if you get through here, uh, let us know ahead of time.
5: All right, I will do. Thank you, guys. I hope you all have a nice, safe, and enjoyable spring. Uh, call me anytime. We'll do it again.
3: Happy Florida. There it is. That's it. It started. Good. Thanks, you, right. brother.
5: Why don't you say
0: goodbye, Dudley?
4: Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Richie.
1: There he goes.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't
4: miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt Podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Guz Strickland.